0: Go ahead and dismiss the children, young people, this time. Praise God. Isn't God good? Yes. Amen. I'm going to have you be seated. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Mark chapter 12, verse 18. Mark chapter 12, verse 18. Next month, um, we're going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to have a couple speakers come in on Tuesday night. Um, And then we'll see where we go from there. Praise God. It's good to switch it up a little sometimes. Amen. He says sometimes we can be tingling cymbals and sounding brass, amen, and I don't want to ever get to that place. Praise God. It's good to see all you in the house of God tonight, and uh, it's good to be here as well. I want to talk on this subject tonight, the God of the living, the God of the living, amen. Mark chapter 12 verse 18 beginning at verse 18 Brother Lonnie it's good to see you in the house of God. You've been heavily on my mind and I want you to know my brother that I am extremely extremely proud of you. Amen. And I don't know why I'm saying that but I feel to say that. Uh, But as of As a pastor, I am as well, but it's just a word that I I received, and whatever that means, bro, I'm extremely proud of you. Uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 18 says, Then come unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If a man's brother Die And leave his wife behind him, and leave no children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife, and dying left no seed, and the second took her and died, neither left he any seed, and the third likewise. And the seven had her, and left no seed, last of all the woman died also." In the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had her to wife. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err, because you know not the scriptures, neither the power of God? For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as angels which... Are in heaven. And as touching the dead, that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Is he not the God of the dead, but the God of the living? Ye therefore do greatly err. Again, I want to just talk to you for a few minutes. The God of the living. Amen. If you could put your Bibles down and stand with me real quick so we can pray. Brother Brad. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you may be seated. So a few weeks ago um, we saw with our lesson in this same book how the Pharisees and the Herodians uh, constantly tried to corner Jesus. they tried to back him in a corner and they they tried like they always did uh, trap Jesus in his words but Jesus turned, Their words against themselves. These were men of great intellect. They were men that had established a great reputation in their day. But the words of Jesus confounded them like many of them. Then the Bible says in Mark chapter 12 in verse 18, there came... Others, we know them as the Sadducees, saying, Master. They always try to lift him up to knock him down, I guess you would say. And by them saying, Master, I think, in my mind, this would be a great place to begin this lesson. Because whether we realize it or not, um, Jesus is the Master. Master. Now, whether you are for him or you're against him, Jesus will always be the master. No matter how you look at him, no matter what feelings you have toward him, no matter how you see God or see the life of Jesus Christ, he is, he was, and he always will be the master. There has never been a person in the history of the world Nor will there ever be a person in the history of the world like Jesus. Reading his stories, amen. The miracles that he performed, amen. The things that he did. When you look at Jesus, amen. You look at an individual that did great, great things, amen. Ask yourself this question. Who can calm the waters of the great seas like Jesus did? Who can cause the cripple to walk like Jesus did? Who can restore man back to life like Jesus did? If you don't know the answer, I will tell you. Nobody can. Praise God. The only ones that ever had the ability to do that, and it's because God worked through individuals, Is people that believed in God and had the power of God flowing through them. Jesus truly is the master of every challenge that we will ever face in this world or in the world to come. In fact, the Bible describes Jesus as one one who has great authority. Everyone say great authority. When we understand the authority and who the master is, praise God, life becomes so much easier, praise God. When you know that Jesus has everything, every aspect of your life in his hands, amen, it causes you not to worry about circumstances that will befall on you, praise God. You see, we know that Jesus knows all things because... He is all-knowing. He's all-seeing, praise God. And he is everywhere at all times. But sometimes, I have to tell you, that we have a tendency to forget. We have a tendency to lose sight of God's great authority, of who God is, in a sense that our circumstances seem to overshadow God's divine nature and God's divine power, praise God. Things happen in our lives, amen, and we lose focus, amen, like we heard on Sunday, praise God. But let me remind you that Jesus knows everything that we need. He knows everything. It doesn't matter what you're lacking in, God knows what you need, amen, and God wants to fulfill every need for you according to his will. In fact, there's nothing that God does not know because Jesus knows all things and there's nothing, everyone say there's nothing, there's nothing that catches Jesus by surprise. What confidence we can have in the great God and Savior Jesus Christ that every trial and every situation I face, praise God. He already knows, praise God. And he's he's equipped to handle it, praise God. You see, the enemy, old Sloughfoot, amen, is always trying to limit God's power. He's always trying to limit God's authority. He's always trying to limit God's blessings in our lives, praise God. One of the greatest scriptures I love. Amen. You might not love it, but I do because it tells me how great God is and how weak Satan is. And it's found in John 10 and verse 10. It says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I come that they might have life and they might have it more Abundantly, praise God. He just doesn't want you to have life, praise God. But He wants to exceed, amen, every desire and every thought and every blessing, amen. And He wants to transfer that to your family. He wants your family to be blessed. He wants everyone around you to be blessed. But we have to have the mindset, amen, that God knows everything. God has all power, God has all authority. We tend to fall short though. You see, Satan wants to steal your spoil, amen. Spoil is the fruit which Jesus has gifted us with. A spoil like our ability to praise Him, our ability to worship Him. Our ability to allow God to produce things in our life, amen. Satan wants to kill your hopes and your dreams, praise God, that God has promised you. Satan wants your loved ones, amen, as well as your blessings. But Jesus has given them to you, praise God. And as long as we fight, praise God, they can't have my spoil, amen. God knows my situation as well as he knows your situation. He's not going to allow that to happen. Satan wants us to stumble at the promises of God. Jesus has given us life and life more abundantly. Praise God. That is something to shout about. I'm so thankful, amen, that I serve a God, amen, that that knows every situation I face before I even face it. But there's something that is required of me. There's something that is required of you, praise God. I need to cling to thus saith the word of God. I need to hold on to his promises, praise God. I need to be planted in the word of God. And in the church as well. Yes, yes, yes. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. Just walk in him. What does that mean? That means a faith-filled life, praise God. That means believing in the promises of God. Don't listen to old Slewfoot. praise God. He don't have any good news, amen. Jesus has the good news, amen. That's why he came. He came to present the good news. And the good news is that he's your father and you're his sons and daughters and he loves you. So walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Anybody been taught the word of God in this place? Anybody being built up in this place? I see a whole group of people in here, amen, that that know how to live for God, that know how to walk in the ways of the Lord, praise God. Yes, you're going to stumble. Yes, you're going to fall. Yes, you're not always going to understand stuff, but that's okay, praise God. God is still on your side. God still knows your weaknesses. God still loves you, praise God. For some reason, we get our mind all twisted up that when I make a mistake, God ceases to love you. Let me give you a revelation god loved you even though he knew you were going to make a mistake he doesn't stop loving you because you make a mistake praise god he's there to pick you up he's there to help you he's there to embrace you praise god always abounding abounding there with thanksgiving praise god beware lest any man spoil you or cause you to lose favor through philosophy and vain deceit, praise God, after the tradition of man, after the rudiments of the world, praise God, which is in perfectly developed principles and not after Christ, praise God, which is perfectly developed principles, praise God. It depends on your perspective. It depends on how you look at life, praise God. Who's on your side? If Jesus is on your side, and I know he is, praise God, he's paved the way for you to walk in him. Praise God. Don't lose favor. Amen. Perfectly developed principles and not after Christ. For in him who, Jesus, dwelleth all the full. Everyone say All all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. That means you don't need anything else, praise God. You are totally equipped in Jesus Christ, amen. If you walk in him and trust in him, God has equipped you to persevere and make it all the way through. Thank you, Jesus in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Thank you, Jesus. Let me guide us to a place way back in the Bible to bring this out just a little bit for us. In Samuel chapter 30 and verse, verse 14, it says, praise God, talking about David where he, when he was at Ziklag, praise God, and David was just an ordinary man, just a man that loved God. A man that wanted to do the right things for God, praise God. And one day, David, just providing for his family, went off, amen, and they're, they're looking for food, and they're just, they're just working. Him and a bunch of guys just went out looking for food to feed their family. They came back, and they seen smoke. And they seen, and they said, man, it sure is actually a, a, a big old bloom of smoke out there. And as it got closer, they figured it was their own city. And this is the result. This is what happened. The Bible says that they found this guy. And and, and, and this guy was was left. He was part of the enemy. And they questioned him. And it says, this guy says, we made an invasion in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse, verse 14. Upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast that belonged to Judah and upon the south of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire we burned ziklag with fire and i got to looking at these words amen and i I do that a lot i like looking at words because i want to try to get uh i want to try to get a better understanding of what's going on here and what what god is trying to say to me praise god so i can try to break it down to you and as i start looking at this story amen and it says, We made an invasion. We overcame these, the, the, this territory where there were these cherarites. And, and I began to look at the cherarites, and the cherarites appeared to be part of David's elite fighting force. Why is that important? Well, they were his bodyguards, his strongholds in David's life, amen every child of god amen should have strongholds in their lives praise god everybody should have some type of protection praise god and david relied on the cherithites praise god and the awesome thing about these cherithites is they were they were loyal in, in they were loyal to david in times of crisis and the cherithites and the Pelethites, I guess you say that's their name, also formed the bodyguards of King Solomon. It was kind of handed down, and we find this in in 1 Kings chapter 1 and 38. And as I said, I got to thinking, and and, and when my mind started wondering, I started thinking about the Word of God and how God's Word is our stronghold. How God's Word protects us, praise God. How God's Word is loyal to To us, praise God. And when the word of God becomes our source of protection, it releases this elite fighting force which surrounds the royal bloodline. Who's the royal bloodline? That's you. That's me, praise God. And there are two areas which stand out to me in Solomon's case, in Solomon's life. These areas were... Uh, the, these these fighting forces were there to protect God's anointing. When Solomon went to, to, to be anointed, amen, to be king, these, the, these, these bodyguards were there. They were protecting God's anointing. Praise God. Not only were they protecting God's anointing, but they were protecting the wisdom of God. When forces come in, praise God, and they try to overpower you, amen, the word of God is there to to, to protect you, amen, to surround you, to protect your mind, to to protect things that come in, try to filter in, amen, and try to distract you from the purpose of God. Amen. The second place that they attacked, amen, was this place called Judah. Judah. Judah is defined as praise. It was, Judah was a plot of land given uh, to Jacob's son, praise God. Judah and its name means praise. Judah means praise, praise God. And it was Judah, this place called Judah, it was the nucleus of David's kingdom. In terms of biology, the nucleus is the structure near the center of a cell that contains the DNA. Praise is what David was made of, praise God. David's praise for God is what held David together. This was his DNA. David knew, praise God, when attacks came on him, when he didn't have anywhere to go, he would just praise God. He would praise his way out of a situation, praise God. One of David's strongholds, amen, was this praise aspect. And the enemy knows, amen, if he could come in, praise God, and if he could destroy your praise, praise God. If he could remove your strongholds, amen, if he could remove your strongholds, he can get to your praise and he can attack what's next. The next place was Caleb. Caleb is defined as capable. Caleb was known as a fighter, a Pitbull, if you will. In fact, his name, amen, really means pitbull. It means a dog, praise God. And if we allow the enemy to break down our strongholds, they can destroy our ability to praise God and take our spoil. You see, it's progressive. It starts, amen, it starts from Destroying your strongholds, your protection, amen. Taking away God's word, praise God. If you expose yourself, if you allow the word of God to to be removed from your life, amen, your praise is going to be destroyed, amen, and it removes your capability to stand up and fight, praise God. Don't let the word of God be removed from your life. Don't stop praising God. No matter what the situation is. Raise your hands in a moment of distress. Amen. I don't care if it seems like everything's falling apart. You attack the enemy and you praise God. Praise God. The final place that they Invaded, praise God. Remember, the enemy came and they invaded this, this place, amen. They started with the bodyguards, of David's elite fighting force, and then they went to praise, and then they went to his capabilities, praise God. And last but not least, amen, they were able to attack David's possession, his promise, the place called Ziklag, This was where he lived. This is where his family was. This is where everything that he loved and desired, this was it, praise God. And this is what the enemy captured, praise God. And David, amen, he was in great distress, amen. These men that loved David, they turned on him. They wanted to kill him, amen. But David inquired of the Lord. He didn't care. He just wanted, amen, to praise God. And he had a mindset. God, you gave me this, this stuff, amen. You gave me this spoil, Lord. And if you feel to take this spoil from me, blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. See, this is David's possession. You see, the enemy rejoices. When it defeats your strongholds, takes your possession. But the Bible. The Bible is so awesome because it reminds us in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 to be confident. Anybody knows what being confident is? Amen. It's having that doggy attitude, praise God, that I know what I know, what I know, what I know, and God is going to come through, praise God. God will never let me down, amen. I've been here before, and I might be here again, but I know that my God, my Jesus, and my, my God, the living word of God, filled with promises, is never going to let me down. To be confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's never gonna stop, church. He's never gonna stop blessing you. You might think that it's, he's, he's stopping. You might think that he's taking his eye off you, but he hasn't taken his eye off you. He knows where you are. He loves you, praise God. He can't wait to bless you, but he's, he's teaching you a lesson, amen. He's developing you in your circumstances. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 18, the Bible gives us the end result of David's Ability to look beyond his own circumstances, his ability to praise God, his ability to persevere in the things of God. The Bible tells us, amen, that David recovered all. Everyone say all. Yes, David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. You see, God hated the Amalekites. The Malachites are the ones that preyed on the weak parts of the body. When Israel, when when Israel came out of Egypt, amen, it was the Amalekites, amen, that followed them through the wilderness and picked away at the little, at the weak ones, amen, the ones that stumbled, the ones that fell, and God hated them for it. That's why God told Saul, I want you to kill every single one of them. I want you to destroy them. I want you to get rid of them. I hate the Amalekites. I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. And eventually he did, but because Saul did not, brother Lonnie, he did not wipe him out. He let Agag live, praise God. If you don't know this, I'll tell you, that's where Haman breeded from, praise God. It was because Saul did not destroy all the Amalekites, praise God, and Haman was produced out of this lack of desperation to kill what God said to kill. And when God tells you to get rid of something in your life, you need to get rid of something in your life because it's going to rise up from underneath somewhere, under a rock, praise God. I call it deep-seated dwellers that live inside of you. You've got to kill it. You've got to get rid of it or it's going to rise up and it's going to bite you. Sin doesn't care. There's no mercy in sin. It's a raging animal. It's a bull. And it's waiting to destroy you. And if God says, get rid of it, even if it hurts, and I understand sometimes it hurts, but you've got to get rid of it. You've got to destroy it. If God says, destroy it, don't question the word of God. Destroy it. Haman rose up in the ranks, and he, was ro- he rose up to second a king, to the king of the Persian Empire. And he probably eventually would have tried to kill that king and took power because he hated the Jews. He hated the Jews because it was the Jews that killed his family. And I kind of understand it, but God is more powerful. These are God's people, and you are God's people. And if God says, destroy it all, destroy it all. And that's why Satan hates you. And that's why Satan wants your spoil. He wants your praise. He wants your worship. He wants your ability to praise God. He wants every aspect of your God-given character. And you need to say, Satan, get out of here. Get out of here. You have no place in my life. Finally, God did hang Haman and ended the life of the Amalekites. Amen. As He worked through Queen Esther, so David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing. So. <laughs> uh, There was nothing lacking to them, neither small or great, neither sons or daughters, neither spoil, nor anything that had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds, which they dragged before those other cattle and said, This is David's spoil. This is the people of Eastgate's spoil. Praise God. Don't relinquish what God has placed in your midst when you feel overwhelmed like David did when you feel like everything's going up in smoke, praise God, don't you worry. If, you're, if, if God wants you to recover it, you're going to recover it, praise God. You just hold on to the promises of God. You just keep that willingness to fight against the enemy. Yes. Oh, yeah. And if it's God's will, God will recover all. praise God. Why don't we stand? Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Let's let's lift our hand. I love you, Jesus.